Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet. I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience. We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. <laughs> not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. Thank you so much for listening. This is a very special edition of the Travel Tales Podcast. Usually on the show, I talk to one or two people about their multiple travel experiences. Now I'm going to be talking about one travel experience with multiple people. That travel experience is Rocky Mountaineer Train. I teased about this in earlier episodes, and I mentioned it a couple years ago when I uh, took a media trip on Rocky Mountaineer Train from Vancouver to Banff for two days for their 25th anniversary, and I wrote an article about it on my website. Well, flash forward to this year, and they were gracious enough to invite me back to be a brand ambassador. So I was very grateful to them for allowing me to do it, and they invited me back, and we took the train from Vancouver to Jasper National Park, which is uh, really just as beautiful as Banff, and Banff is pretty darn gorgeous itself. So I did this trip back in April, so I shot a lot of photos, I shot a lot of video, along with help from my uh, good friend Rob Paravone, from robpwrocks.com. Follow him on Twitter and Instagram and everything else. He helped me uh, edit as well. So I thank him for all his work. And I also interviewed a bunch of people up there, not only uh, employees of Rocky Mountaineer, but uh, some of my fellow brand ambassadors as well, which will be uh, another episode coming up later in the summer. So all summer long, if you follow me on Instagram, which I hope you do, Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram, I will be posting photos and video of Rocky Mountaineer. I uh, will link it on Twitter, Travel Tales Pod on Twitter, Facebook, not only at Travel Tales Podcast on Facebook, but also on my personal Facebook page, Mike.Siegel. In August, I'll be doing a one-day takeover of Rocky Mountaineer's Instagram account, which I've never done before, but I'm excited about that. So I'll just be posting little fun videos and uh, lots of photos about this cool experience called Rocky Mountaineer Train. The train is a really unique travel experience in North America. There's not a train like it anywhere in North America and not too many places in the world. Uh, it's uh, luxurious, but not too expensive. It requires no real physical activity, and it's, the, it's just the most comfortable way to see the Canadian Rockies, which are stunning, all while sitting in a comfortable train, eating amazing food, and uh, having just a great experience. It's, it's doable for the whole family, for couples, you name it. It's a pretty incredible travel experience, especially if you're looking for something to maybe do with your parents. Say they're getting older, they can't get around too well, uh, doesn't require a lot of uh, walking. You can make it about walking once you get to uh, Jasper or Banff or Kamloops, anywhere you want, you can make it uh, a whole vacation around it. I'm actually recording this right now in my cabin on my Alaska cruise on Holland America, where I'm doing stand-up. But as you'll find out later, a lot of people tie in Rocky Mountaineer with an Alaska cruise, which makes total sense. And Rocky Mountaineer will uh, help you in any way if you call them up. Uh, they'll they'll organize a vacation for you. you Want to stay longer in Banff or Jasper or Calgary or whatever? You can do it. And they'll work with you and work around your schedule and all that stuff. But you'll hear about all that in the interviews. 
So the three interviews you're going to hear right now, I recorded on the train. So if there's any kind of background noise, it's because we're on a moving train. My first interview is with Heather Glasgow, who's a training and development executive with Rocky Mountaineer. My second one is with the executive chef, JP, a very friendly Frenchman who creates the menus and prepares the amazing food you get on the train. And it is good because uh, I can't believe uh, the stuff that comes out of the kitchen was made on a train. It's pretty amazing. And the last interview is with a lovely young woman named Taria, whose last name I failed to get because I was so enamored of her first name, which I found very unique and lovely. And she was unique and lovely. She is a host on the train. They have many duties. Not only do they serve you uh, drinks and, oh, did I mention that there's open bar on the train? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Open bar, folks. They serve food. And most importantly, they are a wellspring of facts, pointing out everything we see from the windows. They know everything about uh, the history of the area, what you're seeing. They'll answer any questions. They make announcements, and they are all extremely friendly and nice in that lovely Canadian way. So this show is all about Rocky Mountaineer training. If you want to know more about Rocky Mountaineer, go to RockyMountaineer.com, and all the info is there. But also go to TravelTalesPodcast.com. See the stories, photos, and videos that are going to accompany this podcast. And keep following us on all our social media to see more about Rocky Mountaineer. And I don't want to hear from people saying, oh, Mike, this is just a commercial for Rocky Mountaineer. Well, yeah, it is. But I wouldn't push it if I didn't believe in it and if I didn't think it was a a cool travel experience. And I wouldn't push something I don't recommend personally. It's a cool experience in a beautiful part of the world. Hell, you could do it in two days if you wanted. But you get to see a part of North America that might be one of the most beautiful places to see on this continent in a very cool and comfortable way. So please enjoy my conversations with Heather, JP, and Taria as we chug along through the gorgeous Canadian Rockies on Rocky Mountaineer Train. My name is Heather Glasgow, G-L-A-S-G-O-W. Like the city. Like the city in Scotland, and uh, I'm a training and development specialist. What does a training and development specialist do? I assume you train all the new hires and tell them everything they need to know about Rocky Mountaineer. Yeah, yeah, that's part of it. So I would say that um, my role segments into kind of two pieces. So one side is training people who are going to be our frontline salespeople. Uh, inside the organization, and the other is providing uh, sort of education and educational tools for our travel agent demographic as well. What's the typical employee of the Rocky Mountaineer? What, I mean, is it younger, older? I mean, it seems a lot of young people on the train. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say that really we're kind of a mixed bag. Um, we have some bilingual consultants. We have people just coming out of university in their 20s, hospitality school. We have, um, we have some agents who are really experienced in the travel industry who have you know, a 30-year career in travel and, uh, and are now kind of working at Rocky Mountaineer as well. So yeah, yeah, pretty diverse. What do you usually tell travel agents uh, when they're trying to sell Rocky Mountaineer to their clients and their customers? How do you pitch it to them? What's, what's the sales pitch? It's, it's a life-changing experience, I think, number one. Um, and, and really, choosing a Rocky Mountaineer trip is, is kind of four points. So the first is, when do you want to go? So we travel through three beautiful seasons. That's April, May, kind of springtime. 
the summer season and then the fall as well. So September, October. So when do you want to go? And then how do you want to go? So gold leaf, silver leaf, we have lots of different uh, service level choices. The next would be where, so what destinations do we want to include? And then how can we customize that? So we really have a big hand in kind of finely tuning the dials. How big a percentage of people tie it in with another vacation, like a cruise or something? Actually, about over 40% of our guests in Goldleaf are connecting with a cruise, so an Alaskan cruise. So that's pretty pretty typical. And the average length of stay is 18 days for a, for a trip in Canada for a Rocky Mountaineer guest. Oh, wow. Yeah. People can really customize their trip if they want to stay longer, say, in Banff. And then take another leg of it. I mean, they could stay for a month or anything. You'll just tie in another leg of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. What is your policy on making reservations like hotels and setting up tours for people? Do you do that too? Absolutely. Yeah, we're a one-stop shop, so we can book uh, cruises. So we work with Holland America to book cruises. We work with Sonora as well to support the train, Sonora Resort. Um, We can book whole circle packages, including car rentals, tours, accommodations, all kinds of stuff. Okay, I'm going to ask you the numbers now. Everybody asking me about this. Low end, how much is it going to cost people to come on the Rocky Mountaineer train? And you can ballpark it, but just give people an idea. Okay, so that's really tough to answer (laughs) because there are so many variables. So we book in five different currencies. We travel in... I want it in Vietnamese dong. (laughs) <laughs> no okay. we'll go with usd how about that okay okay so in usd with taxes in kind of starting if we were to do a say a two-day silver leaf trip from vancouver to banff we're probably looking at about one thousand eight hundred dollars per person mm-hmm. yeah and is there a cheaper time of year like the shoulder seasons so there there is some price advantages by to travel in the shoulder seasons yeah so that mostly refers to the hotel piece um so there's some really great deals on hotels if you're traveling in in april or or in october so if we say in like the base price there is no other than the overnight in kamloops or something like that there's no uh hotel that does that not include the hotel at the start yeah, so if we're looking at just the two-day rail, then that's just the train piece. That's okay. kind of the most most entry-level kind of beginning, the, the starting place. Right. And what about in Goldleaf for that for that same trip? Uh, oh, I'm on the spot here. I need a calculator. I think about twenty twenty two hundred per person around there. In terms of percentages, how many people take the silver leaf as opposed to the gold leaf? It's about a 70-30 split. So 70% in gold leaf, 30% in silver. What's the the number one thing people say they love the most about the trip after taking it? Oh, boy. I I really think that the scenery and our services are really tied. So the the staff on board, um, that's really what you hear a lot about. The scenery, I think people kind of know that they're coming to the Rockies and they know that it's going to be, you know, spectacular mountainscapes and that you're going to feel like a marble, you know, rolling, <laughs> rolling through uh, this vast mountainscape. But I think what really surprises and delights them is the, the service that we, that we roll out on board and the people that they meet as well, sort of that socialization piece. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, a couple of sweet treats in there as well. <laughs> the cheesecake. I just sure. had the cheesecake. So. <laughs> okay. Give me the quick bullet history of Rocky Mountaineer. When did it start and why did it start and how did it start? So we, we got started in 1990 and, uh, and we were 
we were developed by a gentleman by the name of Peter Armstrong. I don't know if you had a chance to meet him yet. He's I saw him yesterday. Yeah, he's a really he's a really vibrant guy. He had a fantastic idea about an all daylight sightseeing trip through the Canadian Rockies, um, and so he purchased some rail cars and he got a crew together in 1990, and, and away we rolled. And uh, today we're actually the largest privately owned passenger rail service in North America, which wow. is really exciting. And uh, we welcome about 85 or 90,000 guests a year. I can't think of any real luxury trains like this in North America, are there? Uh, not, no, no. There really is nothing like Rocky Mountaineer anywhere in the world, um, but definitely not in North America. That's great. So who are your competition, if you have any? Do you have any competition? I, I would say that, you know, if our, if our guests are going to choose something other than Rocky Mountaineer in a given travel year, that it would probably be river cruises. Um, so they're really popular. So cruises around the world, sun and sand vacations sometimes as well. Um, they tend to be the, the businesses that, that guests might choose over Rocky Mountaineer, maybe for one year, but we'll get them. We'll get them. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been here, what did you say, five years? No, I've been, this is my 11th season. 11th season. Okay, here we go. What's been the biggest change in Rocky Mountaineer since you've been working here in 11 years? Yeah, We are getting quite large. So Rocky Mountaineer is telescopically growing. Um, and part of that is, is you know, changing and growing with, uh, with the demands and with the expectations that our brand is developing. Um, so we've introduced new rail cars. We are, you know, growing in terms of guest count, uh, welcoming more and more people into this beautiful region of the world. So I would say that really, you know, it's just taking that beautiful thing that we started with and, and turning it into something larger and scalable and retaining that diamond-like special quality of it. Where do you see it headed for your next 11 years? Where, where do you, look into your crystal ball, where do you see yourself and Rocky Mountaineer? Okay, so we just started uh, recently Coastal Passage, right? So we're running trains over the border. Into to Seattle. Yeah, into Seattle, that's right. So I think that running trains into Oregon would be a fantastic idea down the coast there, but I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea what's next. Um, I think that the one thing we can say confidently is that we'll continue to expand, that we'll continue to surprise and delight. And if there's ever a need for a call center in Australia or in Portland... I'm there. You can send me there. I'll train, I'll train everybody up. We'll be fantastic. It'll be great. You're putting in for a transfer already? Well, this is the place to do it. If you were looking for a career change. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Yeah. So where do people give us the website people can go to and if they want to contact Rocky Mountaineer to book a vacation? So all of our phone numbers are online. So we have uh, kind of varied phone numbers depending on where you are. Uh, so come check us out at our beautiful new website, which is www.rockymountaineer.com. I think we can remember that. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much. <music> Executive chef of Rocky Mountaineer, JP. I put a little French in there. JP. What oh, did you think? Sounds very nice. <laughs> <laughs> so why does a, a, a highly trained chef like yourself, why do you want to work on a train? Why the train? Because a train is an exceptional, exceptional uh, train. It's not just any train. It's Rocky Mountaineer. Hey, and Rocky Mountaineer is probably the most luxurious, nicest train there is in the entire planet. And I've traveled the world over many times, and you know this is absolutely fantastic. Not just... The, uh, the train itself, but where it's going. They, you know, like going through the Rockies, 
especially at this time of the year, it's absolutely, you know, it, it, it's wonderful. So it's only natural that we also offer not, you know, we offer the spectacular uh, landscape experience. We also have to offer a spectacular culinary experience. And that's where my job is. As I said before, if, there is, if, if, if it's cloudy out there and if it's snowing, if it's rainy, I can do nothing about it. But what I can do is make sure that your food is exceptional. That I can do. You, you like to uh, have everything locally sourced, right? It's like yes. uh, Canadian products or around the region, well, right? We, we, everything we have a mandate here on Rocky Mountaineer, and it is to source as much as possible all of our supplies, you know, from Western Canada. So, obviously, given the growing season that we have in BC, uh, we we try to have as much as ninety percent of our supplies, you know, produce fish, seafood, and uh, meat and everything from BC or Alberta, starting around mid June. You know, you have to be you have to be realistic. Uh, apart from that, we get most of our items from, from that part of the world. And, yes, that is part of our mandate. You know, like all our seafood, we'll have, of course, coming from offshore British Columbia, our salmon's coming from the, the coast, um, pork and beef, obviously, coming from Alberta and some part of BC as well. Chicken's coming from BC. majority of us of our produce is coming from British Columbia as well, say, starting about mid-June. The only thing that I haven't found a good supplier yet is uh, pineapple. But it's been very hard finding uh, pineapple suppliers in British Columbia. Yeah, this is not pineapple country. <laughs> So tell me, if you if you live at you live in BC as well, I do. Be honest with me. Do you get sick of salmon? Actually, never. Really? I don't. I actually, this is, I love this fish. I mean, I, because you can prepare it so many ways. It, it's a very versatile fish. It's it's got a high fat content or none. It depends which species you you're using. But you can you can do so much with. It. You can can it. You can smoke it. You can you know cooking. You know a billion different ways. I mean, you cannot get tired of something. This is beautiful. It's also good for you. Omega three, right? Yeah, you can put it on a bagel as well, smoked or fresh. You can you can mash it. You can, as I say, you can do so many things. That it's probably the, the most versatile piece of seafood ever, and it's available everywhere nowadays. You know, it's it's really good, really really good. Yeah, it, what, I mean, here in British Columbia, I mean, let's face it, I mean, salmon is all over the place. Yeah. You know, and and we have, I mean, and every one of our species of salmon has different application. In yes. what way? Well, in one way, this person, you know, if you're using sockeye. Sockeye is a low-fat content, yeah. but it has a beautiful color and a great taste. Um, if you're using, like, if you want something to like for a smoke, for instance, you know, for a grav- gravlox, then you're going to use a spring salmon, which has a high-fat content, really nice. So, what is the most popular dish on the train? Is it still the burger? No, it's a salmon. <laughs> it's the salmon. Of course, it's the salmon. Course, dumb question. I mean, you coming from British, you know, you coming in British Columbia, riding the Rocky Mountaineer train. I mean, you are in, in the salmon country. The salmon capital of the world is literally British Columbia. The entire province is, is full of salmon. I mean, yes, you know, it, it would. I mean, we have salmon, and salmon is a very, very popular dish. It's actually the most popular dish on Rocky Mountaineer. Do you find people from certain areas of the world, like Australians, uh, order different food than the, the Brits or like that, or the Americans? Not really. Who drinks the most? I, that I don't know. I mean, I don't serve him drinks. I think they all drink equally. You know, it's fine. I mean, it's like it's not a it's not a drinking train as far as I'm concerned. I mean, my job is to make sure that the food is uh, is being served, you know, right. And then we also pair our food with the wine that we have on board, which is also wine from BC. Uh, which is, you know, a very nice uh, wine from the Okanagan. Are you familiar with the Okanagan, I'm I am not. 
you not? Well, it's a beautiful valley that's um, about uh, 300 kilometers from Vancouver. And it, it's got a microclimate that, you know, is very favorable for the growing of wine. And, and obviously they have, you know, fantastic wines and we use these. They also have a, an extensive network of orchards. Uh, which produces peaches and apricots, and it's beautiful. And we use a lot of that that supplies during the season for our guests on board Rocky Mountaineer. You can accommodate all diets, right? I mean, you, the, you, you pride yourself in accommodating people that have certain diet restrictions, right? Absolutely. We any Anybody that comes on Rocky Mountaineer and that has a, a any type of, of dietary requirement, we will fulfill that. You know, our kitchen are fully... Uh, stocked, you know, to that effect. We will take care of that. So this is a summer train. What do you do all winter long? Do you hibernate like a bear? Uh, no, no. In uh, first of all, we have to make sure that we decommission the train in the uh, off season. The train have to be serviced for the next season. Uh, we have to plan all our menus and and food supplies for the upcoming season. You know, so the four or five months of downtime that we have in between the seasons, uh, they don't translate to four to five months of vacation. They may translate into, if we're lucky, about a month of vacation. The rest of the time, it's uh, basically we have to destock, restock, uh, rehire, retrain. There's a lot of work. You know, obviously during the season days, a lot of things we can't, we don't have the time to do. So that has to be done during the off season. What's the most difficult thing for you to make? Uh, it, the most difficult things always is to cook the seafood, okay. because seafood is uh, very sensitive to uh, overcooking, and uh, this is something we have to be super careful. Is you know the cooking of the seafood. You can you can overcook meat a little bit; it'll be fine. But you know you don't want to overcook salmon. You don't want to overcook obviously tuna because you know it, it will alter the actual product itself, and it wouldn't make it as good as it should be. And finally, for people who are thinking about taking the train. What can you tell them about the cuisine, and how do you sell it to them? Well, I would say maybe you should go on a diet the week before boarding the train because we are going to feed you. You know, we're going to feed you well. You know, we pride ourselves in, in, in what we do, and, and believe me, our guests do not go hungry. That is for sure. The, uh, on top of, you know, the quality of the food we serve on board, we're very proud of it. You know, and and majority of our guests actually rave about what we serve them, which is, you know... Very rewarding for me as the chef. Thanks, JP. Thank you. Now let's get some salmon. T-E-R-R-E-A. Terea. Kind of sounds like Korea with a T, but it's not how you spell it. And I am an onboard host at Rocky Mountaineer. How did you get a name like Terea? Are, are you named after someone or something? I am named after someone. It was my mother's boss. Uh, she's French Polynesian, but she spelt it T-E-Triple-R-E-E-I-A. And so my mom said, can I name my daughter after you? I love that name. And she said, I ha- you have to change the spelling because it's just not fair. It's not fair. <laughs> triple R, did you say? Triple R-E-E-I-A. So like That's just wrong. That's yes. just wrong. Not nice. Okay. How long have you worked for the Rocky Mountaineer? It's my second season. Second season. That's it? That's it. That's it. What did you do before this? I was in finance. Finance. Okay, that's a big switch. Yeah. So what made you want to leave finance and work in the tourism industry, and specifically the train? Well, you can imagine the Monday to Friday, 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. grind. I commuted, so I drove three hours a day. I mean, I loved finance. I loved, I loved just feeling really, really intelligent every day. Um, <laughs> uh, but I just, I didn't, it wasn't for me. I've always been a backpacker. I've always traveled the world since the age of 18. Um, I first left the house and went to Australia and I have never looked back. So for me to have a job where I have the flexibility to have five and a half months off 
in a year is unreal. So we were talking about this earlier. What do you do with those five and a half months off? Because this is only a summer train. So the last train got back uh, in 2016 on October 17th. I was gone on October 20th. Um, I started in New York and then went to Southern Africa, um, spent some time in the UK, Russia, Mongolia, China, Japan. That's incredible. So what was your favorite of all those countries? I loved Mongolia. I think it was really cool. I still haven't been. So, I mean, that's a part of Russia that uh, almost the other Russians, many of them haven't even been either. So what made it so special for you? The people. They were so, they were just so accommodating and really special. And there's just the national parks. I mean, Ulaanbaatar being the capital is really densely populated, but everywhere else is everyone lives in Gurs. It's like yurts and has their horses and their Mongolian little horses that Genghis Khan rode on. And it's just so much culture, so much history. You speak any Russian? Spicy. What does that mean? Thank you. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) How are you with vodka? Could you handle it? I actually got really sick. Uh, (laughs) I, (laughs) I wasn't able to drink any vodka on the, I took the trans, Siberian. Oh, okay. So I went across on a train, so you can imagine. You can't get away from the trains, can you? I cannot get away from the trains. Can't get, can't get me off them. Well, how yeah. does the Trans-Siberian compare to the Rocky Mountaineer? So different. I mean, you sleep on it, um, so that's one thing. And nobody speaks English, so that's another thing. Uh, the dining car is not nearly as superb as our food that we get here. Um, I think the Rocky Mountaineer is better. I'm biased. But I think the Rocky Mountaineer is better. Is it really expensive, the, the train over there, the Trans-Siberian? Not at all. No, it's, it's quite cheap. Uh, you can do it in five nights, six days, and for under 1000 bucks. All the way across Russia? All the way. from I went from Moscow to Beijing. So I did the Trans-Mongolian, technically. But that, how many miles is that? That's a long way. It's 8,000 kilometers. Wow. Okay. It's miles. Like 4,000 miles? Four or 5,000 miles? Yeah, it's long. And it was cold. It was Siberia in the winter, so... Negative 30. Awesome. So is that a typical thing that most of the workers on the train do? They take off and travel, or do they have, like, second careers that they go to for the winter? A lot of our hosts work for an airline, Um, so a seasonal airline that does all the destinations to the Caribbean and and Mexico and such. Um, And then half of us, I'd say, go traveling for a portion. But um, my boyfriend and myself, we go traveling for the full five and a half months like we left three days at the start and we left three days at the end let's say what's the typical passenger who who, who rides the rocky mountaineer so the rocky mountaineer i'd say the median age is 62 to 65 uh so it is for our older generation um and i mean it's just so able to serve people that are, are unable to go say for long walks or to go um explore cities they're able to relax and be served you know five-star service here so it's that's where it attracts whereas someone say my i'm 29 today uh, happy birthday thank you um for someone my age we want to put our backpacks on and we want to run around and, and see the whole city here you're able to see so much and if you do the least amount two days right you can do our circle journeys and the tours and do six days or ten days but in two days you get to see half of british columbia and a portion of alberta and it's just you know, we go through our Fraser Valley, which is farms, and then we today, and then we go to Fraser Canyon, which is all, you know, hemlock trees and cedar trees, and it's gorgeous. And then you get here, we're now in the desert. So, so t- two years ago, I went to Banff on this train, and today, or tomorrow, we're going to Jasper. So between those two cities, tell me the differences and which one you like better. Jasper's much smaller. So Jasper, 
uh, is maybe just one street, one and a half streets. Uh, and there's not too much skiing in the area that I know of. Um, but you have your free-running elk, which is really cool in Jasper. So they run the streets. Um, whereas Banff um, attracts a certain type of tourists, I find, that come and they live and they work for the ski hills and they have a good time. And let's say they party a lot in Banff. <laughs> yeah, it's a bigger city, I'd say. I wonder, in the winter, do a lot of the workers on the train work at ski resorts, too? Yep. Some work at Cypress, which is the local mountain in Vancouver. Um, some people go up to Whistler. Yeah. So when people ask you about the train, what is the most common thing they ask about? Don't I love the scenery? It's kind of, well, do you love, you know, going through this every day and, and getting to see this as your job? And I say, yeah, I absolutely love it. But we're so busy when we're on the train as hosts that we rarely stop to actually appreciate it. And that's kind of my goal this year is to take it in more, like take, take a minute and just really appreciate what I'm doing. I notice the guides all have to uh, know facts about Every mile of the journey, really. Do you have to take a test for this? Yeah. So when you first get hired, you get to go on something called the Happy Host Bus Tour. Um, and the Happy Host Bus Tour takes you for four days, and you learn how to storytell. So you learn small snippets of facts, and then um, from there, you're able to make your stories. And you're encouraged to make them your own, but just kind of know there's the base stories, right? So you have about 50 base stories, and then everything from there on, it's your own. Right, and I noticed that uh, each host has their own jokes. So what is your favorite joke along the way? Oh, train jokes. So it's not their own jokes. Everybody tells those jokes. Um, there's just so many. I mean, you'd have to... Today I told one about a great white sturgeon and, and how much caviar that would have made if they were, didn't have to throw it back into the Fraser River, right? So then there's the ones about the cows and how they're outstanding in their fields. Oh, the cows! Sure. The award-winning cows—they're outstanding Classic. in their fields. Classic. Yeah, those those kind of jokes. <laughs> uh, there's complimentary alcohol served on the train. Have you ever had a problem with uh, somebody maybe having too much? Have you ever had to cut somebody off? I personally have not because those are usually my favorite guests. <laughs> they're really fun to to hang out with, and I've never had anyone be belligerent or rude or 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 mean to me per se. So I've been fine with that, but I've heard stories and I've, I've seen it and they have been had to be cut off and the train manager only could serve them alcohol because they were being rude to people around them. But I mean, it doesn't, it's very far and few between very, very far and few between. Which uh, passenger tends to drink the most? It's the Australians, isn't it? Am I allowed to say that? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I'm just, I'm just teasing. Just, you you can just nod your head or shake your head. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So finally, for people who don't know much about the train and they're thinking about maybe doing it, how do you tell them and convince them to come along and and they should take this journey? You really can't see it any other way. I mean, it's the Canadian Rockies. I'd say that's number one as to why people come to Canada. Uh, So you can't do it by car. I mean, you can see some of the things, but you have to, most of the things like tomorrow in Jasper, we go through um, on our way up to Jasper, we see Pyramid Falls, right? And you can't, you can only see that by this train. This is the only passenger train that sees that. So there's so many things like this that you can only do on the Rocky Mountaineer. Therefore, you just got to do it. It's once in a lifetime, right? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing this. And say your name one more time and spell it because I think it's awesome. Terea, T-E-R-R-E-A. Ask for her by name, folks.